Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweaters starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, people in the cheap seats, people in the VIP seats, it's time for the Slacker End of Year Awards, as if we need more lists and more awards, but look, here we are, and I couldn't think of anything even more clever to do at the end of the year, so I've um, lumped in two incredible journalists. I've got Rashin O'Connor, who is the music correspondent at The Independent. Hello. I really don't want to fuck this up. And, and, <laughs> and Sam Wilson, who's told me just to call himself a journalist. I mean, that is, that's all I am now. I've got no badges. You, you're a man with no country. I'm a man with no country. <laughs> Roving through the literary world. I've literally been in this corner of this room for months now. <laughs> just waiting for a podcast to happen. <laughs> so we're we're here to do the Slacker End of Year Awards. Um and I was trying to think of like maybe like a top ten of what we could do and talk about, but I, I, I just I'm not really that organized at all. So I kinda just got you all to pick your favourite stories of two thousand and eighteen and we'll make up um suitable awards for them. And I'm like I thought you were gonna ask me about my first demo. Oh, yeah, I was. <laughs> you, are you sure you don't want me to? I've just got so much to talk about. I mean, like it, with, with journalists, it would be like your first article, right? As in like the first one we ever wrote? Yeah, yeah. Oh, God, I can't remember. I, ages I, ago. I wrote one for a magazine and I didn't get it published because it was too scathing because I wrote it drunk after the gig that I was at. Who was it about? Oh, I can't even remember. It was like a local band. It was, it was really... Um, so the Slacker End of Year Awards, who wants to start? I'll tell you what, right, because this is like a crazy cooked up scheme that I still have no idea what it's going to be but we'll we'll figure it out as we go along I'm going to start with um, the Steve Jobs award to outstanding bullshitting and claiming that they invented the iPhone award <laughs> oh yeah yeah Okay, go on. That's a that's a pretty a pretty niche one. Like it's not one of those um awards where we can go and here are the nominees. Moby claimed to have invent- invented the iPhone did he? Yeah. When was that? Um, the, well, I think he said he was go- he invented it like many many years. But just when they they brought in out the the iPod for the first time, um, Moby was sort of called in. Like I don't know if it was a consultant or maybe Steve Jobs was like a fan of Moby's, mm. but um, he uh, was called in and Moby said, you know, um, in a couple of years' time, these are gonna have it's gonna have a phone and it's gonna have a camera and it's gonna have the rest <laughs> and. I think the people at uh, Apple laughed him out of the room and were just like, no, like this will never be able to happen. Like We will never be able to put that on the iPod. So Moby, in sense, thinks that because of that, he invented the iPhone. I don't know like if he goes around telling everybody, going... I mean, it's not like he see what that, built see that? it, though. That's mine, that is. He didn't build it. He just It's like Bowie predicting the internet. They just knew it was going to happen. I can't th- say you invented something if you didn't make it. I think he's projecting, because have you heard that very good podcast, Heavyweight, where in one of the episodes, someone who basically invented Moby, who was a friend of Moby's and gave him the box of CDs with all the samples that were on play that made him a multi-multi-millionaire, he gave him all, you know, because he used lots of old kind of um, spirituals and stuff, and he gave him this super, super rare box set of CDs. And Moby never thanked him or never gave the CDs back. And the next thing he knows, he's listening to them being played to, to like. Aww. So I feel like Moby, having stolen <laughs> stolen his career, 
is now feeling a bit like he wants in on the you know you've got to go one up that's famously artistic karma isn't it it's like somebody gave him his career so he he saw saw that apple were struggling with the ipod and he decided guys iphone Mm. there it is Mm. in the paw (laughs) who wants to go next rashin you've got one bell end of the year for me oh I like, there's, there would be so many nominees there's so many nominees <laughs> this is the one we, we could run through I feel like we should run through potentials and then I'll say what my winner is okay yeah so Sam what for bell end of the who year who do you want to nominate is this musicians or just people I know because uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've got a lot in the second category we'll, st- <laughs> we'll stick to musicians um, who's been particularly awful this year goodness I, I struggle to think What what's been terrible I need some. Rem- I need some reminder. Beef in hip hop. Oh yeah, I know, but I don't think either anyone came off particularly badly from those fights, did they? That was good fun. I thought the Pusha T Drake <laughs> stuff. That all that I was on everyone's side. There. Yeah, yeah. Like I was on. I was on hip hop side. I like. I just like the idea of everybody creating a moment where uh, they're they're just beefing for the sake of numbers really sort of drifting into my other award now <laughs> okay well no what's, on, tell what's us right. your bell end of the year my bell end of the year is Eminem oh, for several reasons go on well he dropped a surprise album in 2018 which I have no time for you, what like the surprise albums just, are off yeah I just it's just so old and I kind of like I'm kind of enjoying the slow build of looking towards an album now like Arctic's was too long I think the 1975 was too long. I don't know who's like the right amount of time to like draw out an album. But Eminem just doing a surprise thing was like, no. Is it because like you're you're easily shocked and you're like, oh, oh <laughs> I think it's still my beating heart. There's it's an Eminem album. I wake up at like 5 a.m. and I see that he's done it, and I'm like, oh fuck's sake, I'm gonna have to write about this all day now. <laughs> I've got no time to listen to it properly. And then you know the album wasn't very good. And then he decided that it's still okay to use homophobic slurs in 2018, which obviously isn't. No. And how old is he? 47. Mm-hmm. It's like, mate, find a new insult. You know. Yeah. Find some, some, find some better vocabulary. Somebody who's got such a, a daft use of uh, of lexicon and got yeah. a, like a pretty decent vocabulary. <laughs> but do you, uh, do you think he's like trying to use those words because it gives him street cred? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he's, he'd been out of the game for a little bit and he thought... Like it gives you the opposite. This is still cool to say this for shock factor. No. That not. no one else is doing it anymore because they realise that it's massively offensive. It's f- <laughs> fucking awful, yeah. Yeah. So it was that. And then he did the worst 11-minute freestyle that I've ever heard in my life. Uh, <laughs> did you guys watch that? Yes, I did it see was, that. It was like watching your granddad try and rap. Mm. It was just... <laughs> He just it, all I can think of when I see him freestyle now is that guy that did that viral video where he mimicked Eminem. And it was yes, like, I've seen I've seen that. Da, 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 napkin. I'm going to put a link to the, <laughs> to that video in the description of this podcast because yeah. once you watch that freestyle video, it's very hard to actually just watch freestyle videos. <laughs> period. After that, yeah. yeah, it's very very bad. I I will say, I mean, Devil's Avocado, but I do think that with. Because we're used, to, you know, this is the first generation of aging rap stars, and so we're kind of in this new space where rap stars are really cool, but then people over forty-five are really lame, and we don't quite know where they fit <laughs> in. Because you don't expect like Rick Astley to still be like coming out with the heavy hitters, like you, in other genres. Once people hit their past their creative peak, sometimes people carry on making amazing stuff, but it's fine also if they just sort of go off the boil and make sort of worse and worse music yeah, to an I, ever smaller audience but like with rappers it doesn't feel right and we i don't think we're quite we don't understand quite what to do with that yet like i think we're so used to aging rock stars that the idea of having the rolling stones up on stage with a combined age of like 5946 <laughs> seems perfectly reasonable mm-hmm. like headline and glastonbury but like because we because yeah you're right we're not used to having people like shell down <laughs> at 75 do you know mm. I would yeah. argue with rappers. I mean, there've been some good kind of like oldies hip hop releases this year. Like, I fucking love the Cypress Hill record. I think that's amazing. You know, guys like Q-Tip and that lot are still doing amazing work. It's more like the content of Eminem stuff. It's like you're still slagging off Christina Aguilera and <laughs> Ariana Grande, and then pretending that Slim Shady is still a character. But it's like you can't differentiate if you're talking about real people and about like strangling women in one rap. And then being like, no, no, it's not me. It's my character. I just think that's bullshit. Yeah. So, not, yeah. I hear that. This is why he wins my award for Bell End of the Year. 
He's not coming on this podcast after this, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sam, uh, who's your um, your first slacker award to? Um, I would like to give the moniker from Friends when she goes to a beginner's cookery class so that she feels better about a bad review she got award to... <laughs> Do you need me to do that again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I, I think I think I probably might need to need to get that one again. Hold on, I'll get I'll give you the the proper uh, go in right. Right. And here we have Sam Wilson with the when Monica from Friends goes to a beginner's cookery class so that she feels better about a bad review she got award. Uh, and it was a it was a tough category this year, but I'm awarding it to Jesse J, who. And maybe not everyone knows this, but Jessie J, who obviously left the UK in her in a kind of harump for a couple of years ago, and said she's not appreciated here, and people don't understand her artistry, um, <laughs> ignoring the fact that everyone just thinks she's a bit of a twat. Then went to the US and and said, you know, I'm going to go to America and be like, I'm going to do things there. And then when that didn't work out, her new move was to go and enter a reality singing competition in China which she then won congratulations congratulations well done and she was very good on it yeah yeah but to be fair she was already a rather established star and and quite bizarrely when other contestants on the show sang covers of other people's songs she would sing her own song <laughs> what that, that already had like international yeah, acclaim. yeah yeah like honestly someone would do like whatever purple rain and then she'd come on and do bang bang and it was just yeah. it's, it was a very strange thing and she became increasingly defensive was it successful though because like it's a pretty big market it's to a like huge market bring your music to uh that mightn't have known it about it before no i'm it actually kind of might be a genius move it's potentially very shrewd but i do think that i think to do it without any humility and sort of say you know this is just a great new venture for me and not recognize that you know once you've found global success it's a bit weird to go back to a to a competition and it's just so her isn't it to sort of seek out praise from anywhere it doesn't matter if it's like where you're i mean and, and I'm, I'm being slightly unfair because i think the other people on the show have had success in in china some of them yeah but it, they're not singing their own songs like she is it, yeah it is it is a little bit sort of strange isn't it it's like when the people in in China and that market is is not buying her records anymore. Does that mean that she she goes to Australasia, or or she, is she or she goes to like a, a new market every couple of years? But is she like famous in China now from doing that show? Because I don't think she is. She definitely won it, and she was very popular, and the show was huge. I don't know how her subsequent record sales, like, but I imagine it's it's she's doing all right now. Was there something to do with the cooking show in there as well? Oh yeah, she's got some. She's got what? Does she have her own cooking show? Does she? No. I when think you're talking about the Monica Jessie... episode. Ah, right, right, That's right, Monica right, right. has a cooking ah, right. show. Sorry, yeah. So to explain the... Uh, <laughs> we should have explained that at the beginning. <laughs> allegory. Mo- there's an episode of Friends where Monica gets a bad restaurant review and she goes to a beginner's cookery class so that she feels better about herself. And the and the chef is going, oh, Monica, you're so good at this. And she's like, oh, I just made it up. And it's, I mean, that's very much the Jessie J thing, isn't it? Everyone hates her so much. This is clearly the, the nichest award of the, I mean, we've only just started, but I, I have oh, to no, say I think that it's that definitely has to be the, award the nichest award. So like, I'm giving you- Like the Oscars, I'm trying to spice it up. You know, new categories, <laughs> we've got to reinvent the format. <laughs> okay, right. Here's one for you. This band robbed my house award. Interesting. Do you know who this is before I start? Oh, I think I might know who it is. A celebrity from the 90s has exclaimed that a very popular Britpop band came around and robbed his house. This was Oasis. Yes, it was. I feel like Uh, I won a competition. And the celebrity was Richard Madeley (laughs) off of Richard and Judy. Oh, really? They used to rob houses apparently when they were... Little kids running around in Manchester. Yeah, apparently so. Um, and then uh, Liam uh, apologised. Yeah, <laughs> according to Richard Madeley, this is his quote. He says, "Him and his brother used to live quite close to us uh, when we used to live in Manchester." Madeley said, and they admittedly in the early stages of their career, they did a little bit of robbery, a little bit of burglary, and we think they did our house. I spoke to them about it, and we spoke about it, and uh, many years ago, and they said, "Yeah, I think we did that one. Um, we went in through the window." Yeah. Now, uh, the Gallagher brothers have both come out and said since that that they haven't um, robbed Richard Madeley's house. But 
I mean, they said they did at one stage, and others saying they didn't. Sorry, just to be clear, who robbed Richard? They robbed Richard Madeley. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. But like, Liam, like after he came out with it, was it earlier this year? Mm-hmm. Liam then tweeted and was like, "Sorry, mate," or something. <laughs> it's interesting because you know the um, the major scandal of Richard Madeley's life is you know about this that he. I'm careful legally here. He left a shop with think something in his pockets that he claims he forgot about, and the shop weren't having it. And he stole, and he had to. He got he got charged. He was convicted of of theft. And I wonder now if you know. And he and he to this day um, says that he wasn't aware that he had the thing in his pocket. But maybe again processing being robbed as a youth, he's kind of become a bit of a kleptomaniac. I, I would definitely go as far to say that this is all very much alleged at this point. But but okay, you can. It's look, on you, I'm pretty sure he you can, was charged. You can look it up, but like imagine that he, he was in the station, right? And they were questioning him about the Twix that was in his pocket, <laughs> right? And they're like, "Oi, Madeley, we're gonna have you. You're going down for this. Judy's not here to save you now." <laughs> what police do you know? Hey? I don't. I, yeah, I don't know many police, but. Do you think that he ratted on the Oasis to get his um, time down a little bit? He was like a snitch. Maybe in the psychological... Well, they arranged interview. a deal all those years ago. <laughs> <laughs> like if you, you tell us who robbed your house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You'll get, you'll get some time off. He was cleared of it. We apologise oh, okay, right. for okay. So at this stage of the podcast, <laughs> after, after doing a little bit of um, research, we've realised that he... Um, Walked out of a shop with some washing powder and he's been cleared off it. Okay, fine. But it was still a very traumatic experience for it. He talked about it for about 20 minutes on Piers Morgan's Life Stories. It was basically <laughs> the whole interview. It really hit him. How did I miss that? Anyway, like, congratulations to the o- Oasis uh, brothers for, um, yeah. for not doing that because they said they didn't. So basically, no one robbed anyone. Yeah. Wink. Well, that's that, that's <laughs> definitely the, the, one of the worst awards <laughs> that one didn't even happen. Uh, Rashi, uh, what you got? My next one. Oh, God, I'm going to do my uh, fucking Trooper of the Year award, which is for Ariana Grande. And this is maybe like a nicer one. I'm not calling anyone a Bella now. I just think she's been pretty amazing for the last two years. So maybe this is like a two-year award. I don't think I've seen many pop stars in the public eye have to go through as much stuff she no. did starting with um obviously the massive tragedy that there was in manchester yeah it was that and then everyone or not everyone i'm gonna say was it pierce morgan was a dick like she went back to the u.s the next day to just be with family and like you know recover obviously because you're what 24 and something like that happens to you and then pierce morgan was like why isn't she with the victims and all this shit mm. and it's just it was that and then she did then she broke up with mac and then Pete Davidson split up from him. Then obviously Mac Miller passed away. And she just dealt with all of it in the public eye. And then, you know, released the biggest selling single of her career so far. So I think that's a pretty good year. I mean, like, as as years go, that's the ultimate roller coaster there, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, when I say good year, by the way, I mean, like, yeah, like she, good for her for being so amazing. Yeah, yeah, it. no, exactly. I mean, like, isn't she, like, the most... I think, like, she's the most streamed artist on Spotify, yeah. Um, at the moment which is like crazy she's taken over like Drake and Selena Gomez and like in that time she she probably deserves a bit of a you know a week off yeah we're giving her an award yeah she's got the award <laughs> no, but I, I hope do, this makes her happy I mean I think also it's just so not that she is an artist for children and I think she's really you know proven that this year but having seen her a lot in the past and sort of I mean the first time I saw her, I just remember being surrounded literally by sort of under nines. And I just thought, you know, considering what she's such an inspirational and very smart and very like switched on person with a lot to say. And it just they're so lucky to have a pop star like that, you know, to to grow up for that to be your idol when you're nine years old. You know, I had steps and, <laughs> and yeah, it just wasn't the same. Are you, yeah. are you not saying that steps like treated you in the same sort of way they, they didn't teach you life lessons that you know like i the one thing that really sticks out to me about ariana is a time when she was uh still with mac miller and a guy came up to them and was like uh he's kind of oh mac can't believe you got her on your arm well done for hitting that and kind of gave him a high five 
and she did this like long post that was just so kind of uh astute and she basically said like women are not objects we are queens like don't fucking i love my boyfriend but don't come up to me and say i'm something on his arm and i just thought you'd never get that from faye tozer and so that was a steps reference. <laughs> that was maybe too was niche. So, I should have gone for a Lisa Scott Lee. Thanks for clarifying. I was so lost there. Uh, <laughs> but I think, yeah, I think she's incredible. And on top of all of those things that you said, I just think that uh, No Tears Left to Cry is a kind of ray of light, Madonna-esque level, like incredible emotional pop song that is really, in, to my mind, the hands down song of the year. So I feel like she's had a very a very good year i mean you know like three years ago her big news story was that she licked a donut oh my god i forgot about that <laughs> so i feel what? like in terms of news story <laughs> you you must know. Know this. no i've never heard that story <laughs> was it a video or was it a picture she was in a, a donut shop and uh <laughs> cctv later revealed that while the uh server had gone to get her what she'd ordered she picked a donut off the counter and licked it i mean like it was a huge how, scandal. Have and then, you ever been at a pick a mix and just stuck your hand in and just eaten one and just decided to say nothing about it? Eaten is yeah. very different from licking and licking putting and back. putting it back. <laughs> is like a different story. Although I don't think any of her fans would complain. But it was just this it massive was very thing. People would pay like, a lot of money for that donut. It was on like the it, front totally. pages of tabloids and stuff. The number of people freaking out about this video. Well, she now but, is yeah. statistically. Statistically, the queen, the king, the the overarching boss of streaming, boss of of streaming, <laughs> yeah, and she's come through all of the the hardships to to get there as well. So yeah, yeah. no, I, I like that award. Yeah, um, Sam. Oh, my awards! I've I've got them ready. Don't worry. <laughs> um, well, I thought that maybe again, this is one that we could all contribute to. But what what has been? You know, I wanted to give an award to the worst piece of music branded content that you've seen this year. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. I've got some nominations in mind, but please, I, I was kind of struggling to think. One that came to mind was, um, do you see Converse had a big campaign where the campaign was rated one star <laughs> and they spent a lot of money. <laughs> and I think Zayn Malik was one and uh, maybe Rita or someone. When, and when you say it was rated one star. Because Converse has Converse the one star. Converse has one star, logo. right? Right, yeah. But, so what they had was huge no, billboards <laughs> all over Britain that said, Zayn Malik rated one star. And then they had a one star out of five <laughs> thing <laughs> over the top of him. Congratulations. Well done, Zayn. Yeah. You, you did it. It's one of those things where like he must have done it, you know, taken the money and then been like, actually, was this worth the money? <laughs> so that was one. Um the Dua Lipa and and Jaguar. I just want to give a quick shout out to not because it was an especially bad one, but just because she would constantly tweet about how excited she was to be doing it <laughs> in a way that felt so false. I feel like you have to have a bit of kind of like whatever. She was yeah. just like, this is the highlight of my career so far. She made a car which you could like control with your phone. You know, like all these things are a death of a thousand bad meeting ideas. I bet but, she can't drive. Yeah. I mean, it's all of that. But that's the, that's the famous one, isn't it? Like the, the really old school version of that was like do you remember um noel gallagher when they they, yeah. they get to go back to the gallagher brothers when like pop stars used to make loads and loads of money he bought a brown rolls royce and then couldn't drive it because he couldn't drive <laughs> <laughs> pops but pop stars get free they get free cars when they do stuff like that and when you see them like rolling about in their free cars i was always like wow i can't believe they're like they don't own it they only get it for a couple of months don't they and they have to give it back I know a pop star who got a car for doing a car thing, and she she still has it to this day. I won't I won't name names. <laughs> okay, <laughs> fair enough. Uh, the worst piece of branded content of all time. I know this is the 2018 version, but like the the worst one of all time is obviously the Clean Bandit Cortana one. Oh, like classic of the genre. I yeah, just cringe. But again, with there, I liked it because you could see that they'd been pushed into a situation that then they were kind of out of their control, and it's terrible. But it's sort of brilliant in its awfulness. But then they weren't then claiming it was amazing. They yeah. owned up to the fact. Yeah, you know, no, fair, fair enough. Have you seen the Scrabble one that came out this year? This is, <laughs> as you can tell, it's a real can thing I, of mine. Can I guess who, what pop star was uh, fronting up Scrabble? You won't. It, they, the Scrabble one, they went really trendy. 
Okay. Okay. So they went like uh, Chicken Shop Date, uh, Lottie Anderson, Jimothy, like all these like very trendy people playing yeah. Scrabble in a it's kind all, of it's like... It's very, very London. It's very London. Jimothy Lacoste. Yeah. Um, the lady from uh, Chicken Shop Date. Yeah. Yeah. It was a real bid to hit uh, London influencers. Hit the ute? And it's... Uh, Is ute actually a word in... Um, Y-U-T-E in Scrabble? There was a lot of that kind of conversation in the bit of... Is that the banter? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. No. Hey? Don't they spell it Y-O-U-T now? What do I know? Like, yeah. um, I want to give an award now to um, the island of Ireland. <laughs> Oh yeah, heard of it. Oh uh, yeah, I'm 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 playing to type here. Mm. I want to give Ireland really starting the fucking Neil Hip Hop Award. Yeah, uh, yeah. that's a good yeah. one. Be- that's a good because one. like, my God, the hip hop in Ireland it's blowing up. Uh, it's blowing up now, but I swear to God, I've been into hip hop since I was about maybe fifteen, sixteen years old, and we have not had a lot to shout about. <laughs> We've had a lot of um, sort of pretenders and a lot of people shouting real nasty shit. And there's some quite um, infamous examples of like wannabe Irish hip hop stars from yeah, the last 10 years. I think the the biggest hip hop record to ever come out of Ireland was House of Pain. Um, you know, like remember House of Pain? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Classic. yeah. Yeah. But like, I think those guys aren't even actually Irish. I think they've got like Irish parents or something like that. But this year it's been incredible. We've had um, rappers like um, Kojak. Uh, come out obviously Reggie Snow finally put out his um, album that he's been threatening to put out for a long time mm. and there's been a whole like R&B revolution as well with Super Silly and um, like tons and tons and tons of amazing artists Kosh is Irish right? Kosh is Irish yeah, yeah, yeah. I love her um, formerly uh, Bonsai big time and yeah it's just been great to see because and they're starting to actually like fight with the or be up there with the actual the, the UK artists that have been doing it for quite a long time and it's been threatening to happen for a while but like finally I can be proud of just going oh there's some class music from Ireland and it's not just a load of um, indie boys <laughs> I've had a very similar experience this year where you know there's a lot of uh, grime and sort of drill songs about repping your ends so to speak and obviously the big hit this year has been uh, uh, Homerton B uh, mm. by Unknown T which is an yeah. incredible track this is debut track as well it's insane I how mean, are you going to follow that mate it's, it's just ridiculous I hope he does because that song's so good but uh, for me, uh, from the from the tough streets of Crouch End, there's never really been a song uh, uh, repping my ends until uh, a man called Reese West dropped a track called W7, which is about the bus route that goes from Muswell Hill. Uh, I've been on that bus <laughs> down yeah. through Crouch End, along to Stroud Green, and then and then terminates at Finchley Park. It's sort of like a shuttle service for people in that. Hornsey area yeah. I've spent pr- probably more days of my life on it than not on it and uh, he he dropped this track on it and it's all about how he's you know W7 we still got W7 still selling lemon on the W7 it's it's incredible and uh, I, I've, I've struck up a bit of a sort of Twitter friendship is with it, him over it because it's uh, 
is it genuinely actually quite good or do you just no, no, like it's it really because good. It's, no, no, it, it is talks really about good. a bus that you know? No, no, I mean, it is really good, but it's also just, just you know, it's, it's the similar feeling, you know, the, the yeah. Irish hip hop you're talking about is great, but it also gives you a sense of uh, local pride. And I, when you see him in the video and the bus is just sort of pulling past the waitress, I'm like, yeah, my end. Are you allowed to have local pride when, when you're in London and everybody loves London things anyway? Is local pride not like a little bit more... It's a little bit more romantic when it's like the Isle of Shappy or <laughs> it's like the Isle of Man or something. I don't know what the things you just said are. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like it's all about like... London, <laughs> London-centric journalists. I'm, next. A, I'm a London-centric journalist. <laughs> yeah, me too. I feel like it's the specific area of London, though. Your name's Rashin O'Connor. Yes, and I have the most like London accent in the fucking world. Do you know how disappointed bands are when they meet me if they're from Ireland? <laughs> Like Tudor Cinema Club, I had an interview with them and Alex stood up and was like, Rasheen, it's so good to meet you. And then I started talking and he sat down. Like he literally sat down. <laughs> I was like, for fuck's sake, <laughs> you fucking fraud. So yeah, that that made me feel great. <laughs> do you have a do you have another good award? Me? Uh, yeah. Um, okay, I've got another award, which is Mummager of the Year. Do you, know, do you guys know the word mummager? I, I know like a, a dadager is like the dad manager of a band. So the mummager would be the mother very manager good. of a band bye bye I'm so smart I'm like giving myself a pat on the back for I that one I think Mummager was first because it's Chris Jenner was like supposedly the original or like the biggest Mummager around it was Char- Sharon Osbourne's a bit of a Mummager because she's a bit more of a mother to Ozzy Osbourne than she oh, is really God, a... don't say that does she not mummage her own kids does she not mummage Jack not very well it's mummage a verb I'm going to say it a lot now <laughs> yeah. stop mummaging me <laughs> exactly just leave me be yeah so anyway, well, that's my award, and uh, it goes to Dion, who is novelist's mum. Oh, she! I, I've She's met her a few times. A She's fucking amazing. Legend. Yeah. Like, so I interviewed him a few months ago uh, outside this pub, and then she turned up about halfway through, and like you know when, like the PR or whatever's in the room, and you kind of want them to just stay away and not interrupt the conversation when you're on the phone or whatever, or just having a chat. So I was kind of a bit on edge because I was like, oh, she's gonna be like telling me my questions are shit or whatever. And then within like a minute, it was just me and her talking and Novelist was just like sitting outside on another table. <laughs> <laughs> like, for fuck's sake, mum, you've done it again. That, that, that means you've, you've become um, Novelist mum's friend, Rasheen. <laughs> <laughs> like, pretty much, yep. And then he was at the Mercury's, obviously, because he got shortlisted for his amazing debut album. And I went over to say hi. And he saw me coming, but then Dion saw me as well. And she stood up and literally like pushed him out the way and was like, Rasheen! <laughs> so yeah, I love her. She's amazing and she does a very good job. The good uh, thing about this is actually Novelist is the next podcast on this. Like, oh. Yeah, he's next week. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, I genuinely didn't know that. That's amazing. Is his mum coming? Um, no, the mum's the mum's not on it. Oh, it, uh, that, that Well, pod- now I know she's free so we can go for coffee while he's doing the podcast. <laughs> I want to give an award out to the best Mercury Music Prize winner award oh. for 2018, which can only go to Wolf Alice because they won it, and I was like proper stoked. You think that's that the best they, one? That they won it. No, I'm proper. I'm like I'm just stoked. Well, they're the best one of the winners. So like, <laughs> do you okay. know what I mean? I get it. Yeah, they're the best winner. They're the best it, winner. Yeah, yeah. Best I winner was incredibly stoked when they won because I put ten pounds on them winning when it was still nine to one. Happy nice. days. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. And so I was... Just about by you around in London. Yeah, well, it did. I was at Lily Allen's journalist. <laughs> losing, post, post-Mercury post losing party, <laughs> celebrating with my Wolf Alice winning money. I can tell you it didn't go down very well. Who's, who's after party were you at? At Lily, Lily Allen's oh, wow. uh, losing I, party. But I, I think Wolf Alice ended up there because I think Wolf Alice was so... They definitely, oh, they no, definitely no, didn't. Because they didn't. I, they said they were, but the, oh, were you in the pub? I was. They, 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 there's, a, there's a place called the Holly Arms, which is in Camden, and it's like was frequented with uh, by Amy Winehouse back in the day, and was very much like one of the the pubs of the two thousand and two, three, four, five, um, kind of bohemian indie scene. I mean, that's a really nice way of putting it, isn't it? Um, like <laughs> the libertines and all that, but. Mm. I, I got in there as soon as I was there. They were all working behind the bar. Um, Ellie was Ellie served me uh, the lead singer from Wolf Alice served me a pint of Guinness and charged me like <laughs> five sixty or something for it. <laughs> and, like had to like use the card machine and I was like, it's a damning indictment of music in two thousand and eighteen that the Mercury Music Prize winners have to go back to all work at the bar <laughs> straight after. <laughs> that's funny. That's excellent. Oh, I think that's a good prize. Yeah, no, I think it's a really good prize. And um, Sam, have you got one? An award or a view on? 
Will Fallis. Anything? Oh yeah, let's let talk me say let me say that I also think that it was thoroughly deserved, and I think they're a great band. And uh, okay, my well, hang on, let me just I need to find my awards. I'm sorry, I wasn't ready. I was I was trying <laughs> to stall for time, but I didn't do it well. Oh, I was going to do a a, sh- a death of my youth award for the closure of Enemy magazine. Now I know that some Enemy journalists get very upset on Twitter when you say that the enemy closed because they say, we've still got a website. Yeah. And to that I say... It's got a lot of traffic going through it. Be real. <laughs> okay, it's over. You wrote, <laughs> you wrote for the enemy, so you kind of feel like you can say this, right? Yeah. Do you have a grudge? No, no, not at all. But I just think that, like, I, you know, I've been reading... Um, uh, Meet Me in the Bathroom, that fantastic oral history of uh, sort of New York in the early uh, 2000s with the strokes and all of that kind of stuff. And like, you know, Enemy was such a living, breathing part of that. You can't really compare that and its and its status throughout history to like having a website where you write up Two Door Cinema Club tour dates with some affiliate links. But that aside, <laughs> I do think that... Um, it was really sad and I felt quite bummed about it and you know it's uh, it's obviously it's its time everything has its time and, and, and that's fine but I think it it gets quite short shrift sometimes uh, and and everyone thinks that their sort of era was the best and mm-hmm. everything that came after it was rubbish but I think overall it, it produced a lot of great journalists and it, it created that feeling that I think is somewhat lost of like music being a bit of a soap opera with lots of characters and progression and stories and you know that the people who are in bands are not just sort of people sitting in studios writing top lines but they're actually sort of interesting figures who interact with each other it it cultivated a whole like view like world in my head when when i was like buying enemy every single week when i was at school like i started buying it maybe about 13 and oma in northern ireland isn't the very first place on like the, the the magazine delivery list um the, i used to get it a week out of date so when you would get this week's one i would get last week's one so it was basically like i was getting getting people in london <laughs> send me it over go on send it over i'll send you over some sausages in return um but like the the way i had like the world of like indie rock in my head like, you know like with the the white stripes and actually around that stage it would have been the hives and the strokes and all like the Fran- Franz Ferdinand and Razorlight and um, got all like the, there's such a slew of indie bands from uh, around that stage. Who did Generator again? I can get a Generator. Oh, the Generator? Holloways. The Holloways, yeah, that, 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 all oh those bands. God. But I had this idea that like all the bands that were on, say Domino, say like Arctic Monkeys and Franz Ferdinand, mm. that they all hung out together. That there was like a common room, and that they would all like go in and like chat to each other and they bitch about all the bands that were on like different labels. I think it very much was like that, certainly in London for a while, yeah. and in and I presume in in Yorkshire and Glasgow when the sort of exciting things were happening there. I, you know, like I feel like that is somewhat missing a little bit. I'll always love that when there's like a bunch of bands who are mates with each other and are going out, and when you go out, you see them all out getting smashed, and it's kind of a good vibe. And I think that you know, people when people wonder why we don't have that kind of band culture anymore i think that it's a lot of that is that like there's not that kind of social element to it where you can kind of see klaxons and maccabees sitting in fs trying to drink each other under the table or whatever it is yeah and like the, the bands that you do see out like and like i've just moved down to brighton but when when i was still living in north london you would see lots of bands out all the time but the only ha- the only difference was that none of them were really that like successful well, Again, that's it. such a self- enemy was such a self-fulfilling pro- prophecy you know it would take these absolute bands who had done absolutely nothing weren't having any commercial success and it would sort of stick them on the front cover anyway or in at least in the pages you know it would put the others on the cover and all these bands and so all these bands were who were basically by today's standards flops you know you still knew who they were and all about them and it, you know and and sometimes it would then turn into something in the case of a Maximo Park or a Future Heads or something mm. where they were sort of written about enough that they that they gained a fan base and became you know there was that kind of middle tier that you just don't have now do you you're either you're either, you're either massive or you're not yeah no I, I dig yeah the the death of the enemy it, it made me sad but at the same time I've still got the internet 
I've I know, still, but I've still I just got think, the website. You know, and also, when it, you know, what it became when it was a free thing, I just think if you can't make a magazine where basically every single page is like shameless branded content promotions, like we did it in association with pilot stationery, if you can't make that work, then what hope is there for the rest of us? If you know the enemy towards the end, it reminded me. Have you ever seen that Thirty Rock where Jack makes a? You, you know, have you seen Thirty Rock, where, where Alec Baldwin's character he makes a TV show that um, has got so much branded content opportunities in that it's profitable even if no one's watching it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like, what, what what is the what is the future then? Like, you, you guys are active. Oh God, um, we on to the in, future in, music in, journalism. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to open <laughs> that. Up. Yeah, no, no, but <laughs> sorry, back to the banner, back to the yeah, banner. Yeah. But, but but like like honestly, like if you're if you're trying to like do 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 journalists give a shit about like creating scenes and creating genres, the same way that they used to because like i i know a journalist like who claims to have invented the the word brit pop oh for god's but, sake but like I, I think every journalist has that sort of claim but like do people give a shit about that now so i mean this is just literally just me i'm not speaking for the entire industry yes you are uh, <laughs> um i think just my attitude towards music is just i think it's ridiculous to think that one person listens to one genre anymore it just is not a thing you know, like even if you say you're a metal fan, you're listening to like old metal and new metal and all this kind of like, you know, you might go into rock, you might listen to fucking 21 Pilots, I don't know. And then, so yeah, like my thing is just, I just want to stick with bands. I don't want to write about a band, mm. one, you know, write about someone once and then never write about them again. You know, I want to kind of see it through. So mm. I think with new music, I tend to pick ones that I think I'm going to stick with these guys for a while. I guess not write about them you know, once because they got a viral hit on YouTube, I want to stay with them because they're amazing and, you know, support them over a couple of years until hopefully they make it. I've I've got like a, an award, but I'm going to give it to one of you two, right? Because I'm going to give you like an opportunity to, to try this each. Okay. So, okay. okay so the, the describe Takeshi69 in the easiest way possible to somebody who doesn't know who that person is. Rasheen, I'll let you go first. <laughs> Fucking dickhead, don't listen to him. <laughs> Sam, can you can you come up with something a little a little bit better than that? Sorry. Yeah, it's a weird one, isn't it? I mean, I sort of feel the same that like it's weird. I mean, the music is whatever, but I do think it's weird that like there's been a lot of kind of progress in a lot of industries, but but in in music, like he's had a complete free pass. And uh, and people don't seem particularly bothered about all the bad stuff he did. And to me, I'm just finding it, maybe I'm getting old, I just find it increasingly hard to get past that. And I mean, I know that everyone is a bastard in the end, at the end, but I just find it, I can't, I just can't sit down and listen to the music when I just know, I feel the same about, about X and I feel the same about, you know, a lot of people who's, when I do hear their songs, I think are quite good. I just find it so... Is that is that is that wet with me? Should I be more into? No, no, I I don't think so. I think that's a, Can that's I offer a, that's like a fair enough way. A slightly more nuanced development of what I just said, which might help. But I mean, yeah. So it's I think at the same time, like these certain artists, you know, I don't think we should be celebrating them, considering like the people they are, and like it's very public knowledge of everything they've done and like what they're still doing and everything like that. Um, but there is also like a massive degree of responsibility that isn't being taken by record labels that sign these people and the radio stations that play them and the publications that write about them, like knowing, you know, like these guys are on trial or in prison already for like really quite horrific crimes and you're still, you know, putting money into their record and like leaking it, you know. So that's I find that quite frustrating and I think, you know, when you're a certain age you kind of want to just overlook all the bad stuff because you need people to be fans of if that makes sense mm-hmm. okay so, well yeah. i think if um somebody has never heard of takashi 69 and has listened to this podcast <laughs> <laughs> absolutely yeah. no idea. i don't think that they'll probably be Who going uh, digging too too much further or maybe yeah. maybe their interest has peaked a little bit more God, since maybe that. we've just been free promo for <laughs> him again <laughs> who wants to go next with a an award my last one was the most embarrassing hip-hop beef of the year which oh, I think yeah, there, there could be several contenders for this, I think. But um, yeah, mine's Drake and Pusha T. I do think that was horrific. I was like squirming every time something new happened. Go on, why? I, well, yeah. I thought it was great. Uh, it started out okay because it had kind of been bubbling under the surface for a little bit and then it flared up again at the, be- what, the beginning of this year. Yeah. But then 
I don't know. It's just the story of a died on, however you say it, was great. And then Drake just, it just kind of sank because Drake didn't come back with a proper fire response, in my opinion. Does that, if you've got a beef going on with somebody, you've kind of got 24 hours, 48 hours to like I reply. think it took a week. <laughs> But what happens if somebody starts a beef with you, right? And you're on holidays and you've promised your missus that like you're t- you're turning the phone off. There'll be no beefing <laughs> while we're in Skagness. It's all about the family time. Yeah. And then somebody drops some serious fire in your inbox and you're like, shit, right, okay, gotta do this now. I just think, you know, everything's different now. Nothing's like how it used to be. And I just liked All right, just, old, old man Sam. No, but I just like <laughs> No, but I'm saying it's rap great. beefs aren't what they used to no, be. No, what I'm saying, like, you know, you know, I don't know about time limits and all of that. I just like that Pusha T put the research in and then I liked That's pretty impressive detective work. It was what, great. What, what was well, the detective work? That he uh leaked, well, revealed the fact that Drake had a uh, a child. But actually it wasn't really detective work. I think didn't Drake's producer tell him. Yeah, but in a in a real sort of went behind stamped with the back moment mm. and then also i like drake midway through going like okay we're all having fun but just to be clear about the time that i <laughs> you know wore blackface like that was whatever so th- it's I just for a fashion shoot it's it's fine. yeah yeah it was actually an art piece so um you know he did all the classic i thought he was going to do the classic you know uh the who like oh, i was just for research thing next i mean i just like that that they all sort <laughs> of uh it, it just it just went in weird directions. I thought it, I thought it was there was quite an fun. article I read about it that um, after that beef had started, that um, even Drake and Pusha T's Google searches had gone up by threefold. That's insane. And I mean, like, like who Google's Drake at this point? Like, <laughs> <laughs> how far how far removed from like popular culture have you been that you have to go to your computer? Oh, well, D R A K E. Oh, well, he seems like a nice boy. You don't just sometimes you just need to get to more great Drake content. That's the quickest way. I guess if way. you want to learn like all the different facets we don't all of the have beef, then ex- good favorite systems. You know, I know you've got very good bookmarks, but some of yeah. us are just <laughs> typing in Drake every time we want to listen to. Drake. And you say like I think the problem is if like half these rap beefs go over online, and I'm not saying I want guys to like start fighting each other again, but there are actually still proper rap beefs, but most of them are in France. So like Booba and Carice. Do you know those guys? I don't know anything about this. Okay, so they're like two of the biggest rappers in France and they hate each other and they accidentally ended up at the same airport. <gasps> on the I way saw to- <laughs> the video of this. <laughs> this massive airport brawler, Orly. Um, and that was a like, really, really savage, serious. savage yeah, that's, I mean, brawl, yeah. you know, it's just basically this was happening around the same time as Drake mm. and Pusher and I'm looking at their online little spat about you've got a love child but actually like your producer's really lame or whatever and stuff like that and then you see these guys like nailing each other in an airport, like thousands of people around. They shut the airport down. Yeah. Like they, for 30 minutes, they had to clear everyone you know out. You like really bougie watch shops that they've got at um, <laughs> airports. They were like throwing these, these guys are beating each other over it. stuff at each other. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh too much because it's actually like, yeah, it's actually serious. But that's what I mean when there's like, there are proper rap beefs. Like that's a rap beef. That's like Tupac and Biggie level. And when I look at Pusher and Drake, I just feel a bit embarrassed for Even them. Cardi B. What you're saying is that Cardi you're B extremely bloodthirsty. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> got it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but like literally Cardi B and Nicki, like that was another one. I mean, I kind of, I'm sad that they fight because I felt like they kind of got pushed into that so much by the media. Like yeah. everyone wanted it to happen and they kind of felt it was like, like it was a thing. It's like when you went, I went to an all boys school. So right during, during the second or third period, right? Somebody would go over to somebody in the class and be like going, he said your mum's a dick, and then <laughs> they'd go over to the other kid, and they'd be like, "One, he said you're, you're that's your literally mum's a dick. what Cardi and, and Nicki no, like, was. Nobody, nobody said anything. So then, by the time they got to lunchtime, everybody was beefing up, and the, all the testosterone of these fourteen-year-olds. Then it would be engineered by somebody else in the class that after school used to are going to fight, and then they're, <laughs> and, and then they're, they're, everybody's emotions are so up that they're like, "Yeah, do you know what? I am going to fight." So this whole thing is engineered, yeah. and, and then those guys ended up becoming media <laughs> yep and Cardi threw a shoe I know new award best use of a shoe at a award show not award show a fashion show yeah I think can we give an award to all of Cardi B's awards Her all her award show performances have been yeah. so incredible I love and her. I feel like she sort of won that beef by being great. Well, it's just that photo of her coming out of the ceremony with like this massive lump on her face. Yeah. And she just had her head held completely high and she was just, you know. But I just feel like she's it backed it up, whereas like Nikki's done a bunch of rubbish songs and like it's all yeah. a bit flat, even though it is very funny when she's on her Beats One show dropping all the bombs. Although, am I, is that, have we, do you know that? 
Sorry, so Nicki Minaj has a, has a Beats 1 show. Yeah, it's amazing. Where she dro- drops a lot of bombs. But I guess, like, if you're used to hearing Westwood or whatever, yeah. you're used to bombs being dropped. Yeah, yeah. And yet, when she did it, everyone was like, oh my God, she's dropping bombs all the way through. <laughs> <laughs> Am I right about that? I found it really weird. Like, on Twitter, everyone was freaking out because she kept playing, like, which are, like, so used to Where did you get those sound effects from? Yeah. I didn't know that this year was as... I know, we haven't even hot. talked about Kanye. This oh my God, <laughs> we need, I need to leave. <laughs> like, okay, it's okay, we'll there, just leave it, we don't need to. We, yeah, like this year's been crazy in music. It has. The last award of um, Slacker 2018's end of year awards goes to this year was so shit crazy that we don't even have to talk about Kanye West award. Mm. That's a good award. Guys, thank you so much for um, giving these great awards out. They will be doled out um, in physical form to all of the people that have be- have won those awards I'd rather not give well, one you're going to give them you're going to send letters. oh yeah yeah we're going we're gonna to get them made no, up you don't get that on the New York Times podcast do you <laughs> no, no 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 big time these are these are properly given out and the thing is because you've given them out we've got all of the people right here right now <laughs> that you have to look directly wow. in the eye after speaking to <laughs> guys thank you so much for taking the time out to do these awards and if we don't get like a load of one star reviews or ratings or, or whatever we might do it again nice one great I'll see you then I'm going to put it in my gcal now so sick okay, okay right great. yeah sounds good hi I'm Daniel founder of Pretty Litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain I learned this the hard way after losing my cat Gingy so I created Pretty Litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors saving you money and potentially your cat's life Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to PrettyLitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want truly hydrated skin? Medocia's Body Care Breakthrough Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code SUMMER.